This is the Spapreneur Podcast, episode 156. Today's episode is brought to you by Demented Ramona. <laughs> to be fair, she has very tiny humans and they're around a lot. You can't listen to uh, our show. Hello. So I've not been listening to things because even if I listen, I probably won't remember. <laughs> there is nothing relaxing about owning a day spa. Serious spa owners know that being in the spa business isn't for the weak. And the lesson in this was I didn't follow my own advice. This is the Spapreneur Podcast with Ramona Rice and Lynn Graves. She is the main owner of the company. I am the COO. I get to be emotional. Right. I don't. Spapreneurs. I knew that our guest today would be a kindred spirit. When her first question to me really is, is cursing aloud. And I just laughed. And I went, because <laughs> not only are we talking about money, but of course, cursing aloud, because for stoppers, what's rule number one? That's right. Don't fuck with the money. And today we're really talking about really understanding your money type, your wealth story, and really getting to that because it is very uncomfortable talking about money with y'all because y'all seem to think it's okay to go in free Facebook groups. Yes, I'm talking to you. You know who it is. You're going to free Facebook groups. What should I charge? What should I do it? And it makes me want to scream and shout and it stresses me out. And then I have to go see my massage therapist and that costs me money. So Emily King is here today to figure this shit out because I am tired and she is from the rich woman. I love it. I love the whole aesthetic. Her, her website is the most beautiful website I've ever seen. Like I'm about to send it to my website person and go, can we do this? Cause this looks super pretty, <laughs> um, but that's not what we're talking about. Anyway, Emily King is here. Emily. Hello. Welcome hello, to the show. Hello. Well, that's a fun little opening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never read the intros ever. Like I read them before y'all come on, but yeah. I hate podcasts that like Emily King is like, no, no, this is supposed to be a fun conversation. Money is fun. Money is my favorite because money yes. lets me do all the cool things, Emily. Yes. It's yes. like Le Les Brown. I don't know if you know him. He once said, you know, they say money can't buy happiness, but I'd sure like to find out for myself. Yes. Yes. Like Zig Ziglar said, you know, the difference between having money and not is when you have a headache, you can buy aspirin. That's why money's good. Okay. That's why money's good. Money's good. Money is yes. good. We love, love money. Is money. Okay. I love money, Emily. And I think that's like the first step in all this. You know, when we see like manifestation, when we see like, you know, money relationships and money starts, because it's funny. I'm actually working on my own money paradigm right now, really releasing some that my parents put upon me. And really yeah. trying to release that. And it's hard um, because that money story that you grow up with, we were talking off air because you mentioned Addison was on a podcast. My daughter, Addison, was on. We we're talking about Girl Scouts and fundraising and all. And I think it starts right from childhood. And the people who are drawn to this industry of day spa, they are great at, again, doing great massages and healing people and wellness and all this stuff. But when it comes to the money aspect, one of two things happens. They're so scared to charge what they're actually worth that they will basically they're losing money every service. Mm-hmm. Or if they're willing to charge that much, they get judged upon by others. How dare you charge that much? And then they feel guilty. Yeah. Or at least they feel like they're going to be judged. Like they might not act like some people might be like, oh my God, that's freaking amazing. Like they're like, oh my God, everyone's going to think who am I to charge $90 for an hour service or whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and so it's a real problem in an industry. You know, we are a multi-billion dollar industry. 
And there are certain aspects like skincare has no problem charging what they want to charge. Skincare has no problem. Right? You talk to an esthetician and she is like, nope, I'm charging whatever because they're trained from the get-go. But my massage therapists are like, I'm here to heal people. And I'm like, oh my God, please, please charge what you're worth. So you, cause ah. anyway, let's talk about this. Why is this a common thing in this industry and women particularly? Oh, uh, well, okay. In, in the, in the spa industry, I think it's because there's this guilt of like, I'm here to help people. And if I'm here to help people, then I can't charge money. No, you're not like, you're not, I don't know. You're not like some angel come down from heaven. Gonna like, like you're awesome, but you're not here to save people. (laughs) Like, (laughs) right. Yes. Yeah. Like Like even mother Teresa did wonderful things. Guess what she did? She acquired a lot of wealth, not for herself, but for what she was doing to rescue all the orphans in India, she had to raise a shit ton of money. Yeah. And that woman flew private on a private jet before, you know, like woman wasn't ain't like, you know, she wasn't sitting back at the bus when she was flying around the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's so huge. It's like, Oh, I'm here to help people. And like, especially like, I'm sure that you see clients who, you know, are, are in pain, like literal pain. So if they're in pain, then there's also that guilt of like, well, they can't charge very much because they won't be able to afford it. And then they're going to be in pain and then blah, blah, blah. So it's just like this whole narrative of why they can't afford it. Drives me nuts. It's it's something that I equate to the the wonderful Rebecca Joanne Brumfield from Badass Body Workers. Shout out to my favorite redhead Cajun. Um, she talks about don't spend your client's wallets for them. You yes. don't have permission to do that. Yes. I, I Somebody said something along the same lines of like, don't get your your mind in their wallet. And that stuck with me because real quick story. I remember one time I was on a call with a client who was thinking about signing up with me. She did in the end, but I was like this close to not giving her my biggest package, which I knew would be best for her. Cause I was like, sounds like she's in really hard times right now. Like, I don't know if she'll be able to afford. And I was like, what the fuck? Like Emily offer her what you know will help her. And then sure enough, she got resourceful. She made it work and off we went. It was amazing. So I think that's the first takeaway right there. Spotpreneurs. The first, you know, I love a good takeaway. All the people who are listening, I'm sure Emily, you'll have a good takeaway, but that's the first one is that don't let your own shit get in the way from the client getting the care they need. Yes. Yes. So powerful. So powerful. But how do we do that? Like, what is the first step? So let's say again, I am a massage therapist and I'm listening or I'm a messenger or whoever I am, whoever I am, I'm, I'm here. I'm listening to this. And I'm like, okay, this Emily King sounds like she knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and we talk and, and manifestation, it, this is one of those industries you don't really have to explain the beauty of it because we get it because of energy work and all this stuff. It's like one of the few times where you're like, oh, I don't have yeah. to explain why this works. Yeah. I don't have to explain <laughs> yes. why this works. We know law of attraction works here, you know? And then all of my spotters who are like, that doesn't work. I'm like, it does. You just don't realize it anyway. So we don't have to explain all that here, but how do we get to, I want to help my clients but I also want to release the guilt of actually charging, not just what I'm worth, but what I should be making, bringing home. Because I always talk about like that whole pricing thing, Emily, like when I see, I, I now have a canned response that I copy paste every time I see that question in a Facebook group. And I'm like, you have to ask these four questions is what do I want? What do, what are my business expenses? What do I need to bring home to my family? And not just to like survive on beans and rice. I'm talking yeah. like to thrive and live the, the level you want to, because everybody's very different. Your tax obligations, because mm-hmm. you're whatever government you're in, they're going to get theirs. And then finally, fourth is, you know, um, is what is what is the market bear in your local area? 
because what's mm-hmm. expensive in Buffalo, New York is very cheap in New York City. Yeah. And so if we understand that formula, yes. but we still get hung up on the idea, but okay, yeah, I understand that and intellectually, I know, but how do I get from, because even I deal with this and I'm an expert here. I deal with this, Emily, where I'm like, okay, I know I should be charging more. I know I should be making more. And yet I can't seem to do it. I keep hitting wall after wall after wall. And it never mm-hmm. seems to work. What's up with that? Love this question. Okay. So first of all, amazing job on your four questions, because that's what I was going to start with is like be getting real with your numbers. That's what I say to my clients, like get real with the numbers, like look at it. So if you look at it and you're like, shit, if I keep charging $60 an hour for the rest of my life, cause I'm too scared to raise my rates, I'm always going to make $30,000 a year and never be able to afford the vacations and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's a really harsh reality that's going to get you into action. Because if you want to accept that, you can accept that and not do anything about it. But most likely you're going to look at it and be like, oh shit, like I got to do something about this. So that gives you some like skin in the game of, of doing something about it versus just ignoring it be like, well, you know, I'm doing fine, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's wonderful first step. There's a couple of strategies here that I want to present. So I got to tell you something. I actually hate the saying, charge your worth. Ooh, why? Oh, I love this. <laughs> Yay. Go. I love it. I love it. Because it's like, okay. Tiffany and co is selling a paper clip for like 2000 Canadian dollars. I'm in Canada. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> Like somebody could be like to say charge your worth charge to if I I have a paper clip in my kitchen if I have a paper clip and somebody says charge your worth charge two thousand dollars for that I'm gonna be like I don't care about this charge your worth thing I cannot sell this paper clip for two thousand dollars <laughs> so <laughs> so what I think it really comes down to is charge in alignment with how you want to be seen in the world Love right that. so it's like you can be the spot where people go for cheap massages in and out quick and dirty, have a nice day kind of thing. You can be that brand. If you want to be that brand and that identity, if you will go for it, but know that you're never going to make more than, I don't know, just say $30,000 a year. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to charge. Um, So there's different strategies. If somebody really is stuck on like, I want to charge less or make it affordable. Perfect. Well, maybe you just decide, okay, if, if they're really stuck on a certain price, like 60 bucks or whatever it might be. Okay. Well, instead of doing it for an hour, let's make it 50 minutes now or 45 minutes or whatever. Let's just reduce the time so we can at least increase your capacity. Right. So just playing with the numbers, if you're really stuck on a number, okay, let's play with the, the amount of people you can bring in. You can also look at things like upsells. Um, I've seen, and this is perhaps something you've seen in your world as well. Like uh, I know some massage therapists, have like monthly packages where mm-hmm. you can do like, yeah, so that can be something. So if you look at the back end and you're like, Hmm, clients are only coming to me once every three months or something like that. And I'd rather like, I know myself, I'm like that casual person that comes in whenever I feel like it, like once every eight weeks or something. But if you want to have more recurring revenue, then it's like, all right, well, let's look at a different model so you can get people in here more. Right. So it comes down to your strategy and how you want to show up and how you want to be seen. Um, But here's the thing that I do want to say, if it boils down to you're just bottom of the barrel, not charging enough. I think the thing that keeps people stuck that they just have to get over is waiting for it to feel comfortable to change their prices. 
if you're going to wait for it to feel comfortable, you'll be waiting forever and you will never do it. The good news is, is that I've worked with estheticians. I've worked with massage therapists. I've worked with them all. And every time they raise their rates, here's what, well, here's what comes up. Oh my God, all my clients are going to leave me. They're going to hate me. They're going to ask me, why did you raise your rates? Like, what was the price increase? Like, they all have these big fears. I would say maybe 2% of the time that actually happens. <laughs> so you're dealing with 98% of the time, none of those things happen. And they raise their rates. And as the good news is, as soon as you get that first person that says yes, or just does it, or just doesn't even like, you know, notice, you're like, oh, oh my God what took me so long <laughs> to do this. So that's the good news with it. The worst is when the client says, Oh yeah, I'm surprised you haven't done it before. Yes. <laughs> that happens so often in this space because they're like, Oh, you should have been charging more. And I will say that 2%, the people that really get, oh, you're charging more. They're not your ideal client, free them exactly. to the universe and let it, it, it's fine to be a value-based shopper. Okay. And there's some mm -hmm. aspects of my life where I am a value-based shopper. And then there are some where I don't, I'm, it's not about, like you said, I love this. And by, this is like, I literally like wrote like a, I literally wrote it word for word that change charge with alignment of how you want to be seen in the world. Like I literally want to put that on like, I don't cross stitch, but if I did, I would cross stitch <laughs> it on a pillow, Emily, because it's such a different, it immediately like switches that paradigm because it allows you to then say, okay, Okay. You know, I use this analogy a lot when I'm coaching my clients and I'm like, okay, you know, cause I really talk about targeting that ideal client because it really matters for a lot of different reasons. But I love this even more because, you know, Walmart has a very clear client in mind. Yes. You can buy everything you possibly need to survive in the world at Walmart. And yet not everybody shops at Walmart and there's a lot of different reasons. They've aligned with what they want to be seen as in the world that you can get anything. They're cheap. Mm -hmm. Whereas compared to say, um, Costco, yeah, it's still fairly inexpensive prices, but they do a different business model and they're seen differently. And the two type of customers go there and they, it's just very interesting. And I think for now on, honestly, I am going to make sure that I am journaling this like all the time. And <laughs> like, like screw the rest of spapreneurs. This is all about me right now. Um, <laughs> I I'm seriously, I'm, I'm going to be like meditating that and doing my EFT on that statement. Like, am I charging is what I'm charging currently aligned with what I want to be seen in the world. I mean, it's, yes. that was so powerful. Like I got goosebumps. I was not expecting that at all because that just shift because you're right. It's so funny. We just had, Oh, I forgot her name, but uh, this wonderful entrepreneur, product-based entrepreneur. And she talked about how she used to have her worth in her products. And she feels like she had to take her personal worth out of her services, out of her products. And that way she could charge more and she became more successful. Um, mm. And it was an amazing kind of story. And it, it, you're telling the same thing. You're basically saying that our personal value isn't the actual service that has nothing to do with our self-worth or self-esteem that that should be completely out of it. But instead, how we would see, because Tiffany's can get away with selling that paperclip, because I know that paperclip, they can because they're Tiffany. And yes. they those, those little blue boxes do something. Yes. It's like, oh, there's something very happy and sparkly in there, typically. Hooray. And they did an entire like movie about it with Audrey Hepburn. So, but that's the brand they're selling. And I think that's a, such a great thing. And I always talk about too with Emily, Emily, I always talk about, especially my spapreneurs that I'm working with privately or in my group promotion programs. 
I really like the first thing I like to ask is what are your goals for your money? What do you actually want to use your money? Because I'm a big believer in um, every dollar that comes into your being needs to have a job or some type of purpose. You you can't just let it sit. It gets stagnant yeah. and gross. And that, that's been a lesson I've learned. So every dollar that comes in, whether I'm putting it towards something fun or electric bill, it has a job. And so that's usually the first question I ask is, what do you want to use your revenue for? What do you want to use your, your profit for? And oftentimes they don't know. And so that's not, mm-hmm. I'm like, let's start dreaming. And that's where the, I feel like the manifestation comes into play is that vision. Because sometimes, especially, let's be honest, last year kind of put everybody in a woozy. We're mm-hmm. all recovering. And yeah. it was it's scary to dream big. It's scary mm-hmm. to reopen fully because we're like, are we going to get shut down again? Are we going to stop the momentum again? And so I'm wondering how you feel like that works because I'm always in a belief of your business financial goals should be in line with your personal wants and desires. Uh-huh. Are you I the would, same mind or are you look at it differently? Oh, totally. Like it's, it's funny as you're saying that I'm like, yes, she used a manifesting tool because couple years ago when I, I remember I was like wanting to hit like a 25k goal and when I actually sat down to be like okay well, what do you want to use this for I was just like I don't know like I don't know what I want. and so it was like there was no momentum behind the money there was no why and it was like well if there's no why then why the hell am I gonna go out and do it just for the sake of saying I did it so I love how you're doing that but here's what I would say is that yes I get it understandably like going full out and be like all right these are gonna be my big audacious goals. And then having almost like that PTSD of like, but is like, it's all going to get like taken away from me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we're living out of fear, then that's not a real great spot to be. So it's like, you can either live out of fear and keep your goals small and then keep achieving small, or you can decide like, I'd rather go for it and keep going with the big goals and like take my chances with, you know, like, well, let's just put it this way. Let's say, let's say worst case scenario, you get shut down next month. I would mm-hmm. rather you go for like a 10 K goal this month before you get shut down versus going, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And then you only hitting 5 K this month because you're afraid. Right. So go for the big freaking scary things. Go for it. I love it. What's that first step though? So again, because it, it's, it's very strange time in business. And I know you're seeing this all across with your clients and everything with what happened last year. Cause some, some industries like thrived. If you were in the toilet paper game, you were set or, or like Good. latex gloves or sanitation, whatever you yeah. were set Amazon, like how much money do they make or bread <laughs> companies, all the flour. Oh yeah. Just Even like net, network marketing did really well as well. Yeah. All those things did really well, but then like personal service businesses like us, we, because we couldn't. Yeah. And so, well, that's not true. Some people did adapt and thrive. And I, I salute those spapreneurs. They, they, they got their money. Um, but again, those are the people. And there's always those women that go out and get their money. And sometimes they're perceived as, oh, she's just that person. I'm like, no, I think we should celebrate those women and go, yes. And what can I learn from them? I'm yeah. working on this, Emily. But when you are in this place of fear, because that's it's not just like 2020. I'll, I'll give you my personal example because you don't know about my spot. So I lost my first husband in 2016. Um, you know, he died. And so when something like that happens to you, it's like, again, you just get completely like, you're not just taken off course. You're like knocked down yeah. and it takes forever to get back up. And so it's hard to get over that fear of I failed before or I got stopped before or this happened or this happened where should they go to look for that strength? Because I know that you're absolutely right. Living out of fear makes us look really small. Yeah. So what do we do? That's a good question. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to place myself in your shit. Well, okay. 
this is what I would do. Okay. Here, here's what I got to say is that just in general, I feel like with being successful, people think that you need to have all your shit together. Like, okay, I got to look the part. I got to sound the part. I got all the things. Right. And it's not true. And the fact of the matter is that you just have to be 51% or more on board with what you want. Right. It's like a seesaw. It's like a seesaw. If someone is 101 pounds and someone is a hundred pounds, the person who's hitting the ground first running is 101. Like it just has to be 1% more. Wow. And you're good to go. And so I know that's a big like eye opener. And it's really like this huge permission slip for my clients when I'm like, cool, you have fears that your clients will leave you or cool. You have, you know, not cool, but like, all right, we'll, we'll acknowledge that you're afraid that you're going to get into a slump again or whatever it is. You're afraid. Awesome. <laughs> and does 51% or more of you believe that you can do it? So acknowledging, I love to use this statement, even though I fill in the blank, even though I'm really scared, you know, to, to open up my business again, or even though I'm really scared that COVID's going to hit and, and knock me down again, I still believe that I can be successful or I still believe fill in the blank. So there's two fill in the blanks. Even though I blank, fill in your fears, I still believe blank, right? So even though, I, like I said, I'm really scared COVID's going to shut me down, I still believe and know that the universe does have my back. I survived it one time. I can do it again. And I'm just going to keep moving forward and know that my clients are going <laughs> to tip me extra and be extra kind and that I'm resourceful as fuck. And I'm going to get back on my two feet again. Yeah. And the one thing I will say too, like living out of fear, I will say like when my husband passed away, I'll give this example. I, that's when I learned about budgeting myself and finances because we were in such financial straits. I had to move back in with my parents, all this other stuff, because you know, that, ha that happens a lot, unfortunately, especially to widows. Um, but what it did was taught me, okay, you got to have a plan. You got to know your shit so that guess what? When I was shut down personally, my financials were fine. Mm. Um, it was my business I was worried about, but personally my household was good. And so if nothing else, entrepreneurs, from my personal take is, you know, you can live in the fear or you can thank the fear and say, thank you for teaching me this lesson. Like sometimes yes. we need to tell the universe, thank you for teaching us this lesson. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I have this one. Thank you. Thank you, dear universe. I will not wear like the pleated pants anymore. That kind of thing. You know. <laughs> but I just, I love that one percent more. Yeah. That is such a small number. But what a powerful thing, because that, that analogy of the seesaw, I can literally vision it going, okay, she's absolutely right. That 1% makes all the difference. And if you just lean into the, and we're not talking about like toxic positivity, you know, like real bad shit happens to people all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there are some people who have more advantages than others. There is privilege and, and, and that kind of thing. Like Emily is lucky she's in Canada because she doesn't have to worry about healthcare. <laughs> you know, that's an advantage that yeah. we don't have in America. That is true. But at the same time, there are other things. So just don't, I don't want any of my spoppers thinking I'm discounting that. But I will say this as someone who has survived a personal tragedy and now the global tragedy we all have been dealing with is that I love what Emily's saying. I really want you to listen to that you can live out of fear or you can learn from the fear. And that's the one another takeaway I'm taking from you like right now. I'm, I'm taking that and owning that because I'm like, that is so powerful, Emily. What, a, what an incredible thing. And all it takes is just a 1% difference. Yeah. That's not I mean a huge step. Last year, I had my biggest launch to date with a program that I, that I launched. And my dad was in hospital having like life altering surgery. And so there I was mid launch going through it. And so some days I felt like shit and was crying. And it was just like, 
even though I feel like shit today and I'm crying, I still get to show up for my clients and make a shit ton of money. <laughs> right. Like yeah. still get to like, and, and, and like you said, like, like talking about like finding that the good basically out of the fear of like, I'm so fucking grateful that I have a, a job where I get to take off certain days in the week to be with my family, to be going through this, like finding the little glimpses of, of silver linings in the shit storm. I, I love that. I even wrote down grateful through the fear. And I think that's just a powerful, really something every entrepreneur needs to learn to do because that that's one thing that got us through last year was, you know, when we were doing our like five o'clock cocktail zoom parties of our staff on Fridays, I was grateful. They still wanted to see me. Oh my you know, God. Yeah. They, yeah. That kind of thing. You know, the gratefulness and all. I love this also too, on your website where you say, and I think this is a really good thing is that we're not all meant to make money the same way. I love that because one of the things that spotpreneur that I do differently than a lot of people is I don't assume that the spotpreneur needs to take my exact path to success. You know, I have a 7,500 square foot day spa. I have a 30 member staff team. That's my path. I yeah. have some spotpreneurs who are so successful in their terms because they understand their terms and their goals and their, their values that I have one, um, shout out to Joanna of bees knees in Charleston, South Carolina. She's amazing. Um, you know, and yes, you're my favorite Joanna. I'm saying it. Everyone <laughs> knows. Okay. So she, cause, cause she sent me the best birthday gift. Um, it's a, I'm a big parks and rec fan. So she sent me a mouse rack, uh, mouse rat, um, CD cover anyway. So, um, she does it out of her home and she's wildly successful. Yeah, because it's her success. And I love this. So explain that statement to me that no one's meant like everybody's meant to earn money or make money or how is it differently? Yeah, we're we're not all meant to make money the same way. And we're all not meant to be motivated by money in the same ways as well. So let me give you an example. I have a client who her money personality is her top one is a nurturer and it's kind of self-explanatory. Like she loves nurture. She loves to be that person that people go to when they're down and out, that kind of thing. So she's very much the giver um, and money. So like the numbers do not motivate, mot motivate her at all. So before I knew about money personality, I would be like hitting my head up against a wall being like, why do some of my clients not get motivated by financial targets. Like, all right, let's go out and have a 10 K month or let's get like 10 more clients or whatever and do it at this point. Like I love that stuff. I eat it up, like have it for dessert every day, <laughs> like die for it. And so if, if she's not motivated by these like bigger numbers, go for more, all that kind of stuff. In fact, when she, when, when I did, didn't know this initially and started to like use some of that stuff, it would actually make her shut down. And so with her, it like went against my whole grain. I told her this, I'm like, I told her, I was like, listen, you're like the only person I do this with. <laughs> but I was like, because I know your money personality, this is what I have to do. We wouldn't create any numbers goals at all. Like it was just purely what feels good. So it's kind of like the woman you mentioned, she works out of her home, freaking rocking it. That that's probably because that feels super good to her versus like, if I was someone like, a, like there's an archetype called the ruler or the, um, the accumulator. Um, so I bet that you're probably a ruler since you got like the big kind of like the ruler is an inner empire builder. Like they love <laughs> to grow. <laughs> no, it, here's the thing. It's accidental though. Like my mom started this company with one massage room mm. and we just kept growing it and growing it and growing. We actually expanded it last year during COVID because we took advantage of the opportunity to get more space cheap. Um, yeah. 
yeah. So I don't know if that, what that makes me, but the whole idea, I love personality types and I didn't realize there were money personality types. This fascinates me to all in. I'm like, I want to know lots more, but yeah, that's curious. So the ruler type wants to build empire basically. Yeah. They're just like more, 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 more. The downfall, and I'm a ruler as well. The downfall is we can like be that classic, like not stopping to smell the roses. Cause like we get the goal and then we're like, oh, next thing. Right. We're like, okay, cool. The goal is hit, but let's go for more. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> So I'd be curious to know yours versus this other, what'd you say her name was Joanna? Joanna. Yeah. And it's interesting because she, um, she has like really clear goals. I hope she doesn't mind. I'm saying this, but she and her husband want to pay off their house so that she can do, they can, they can have all their money go to other things. And I just think it's incredible. And they're probably going to do it this year, which is, I mean, I I'm amazed by the woman, um, you know, and so I'm, yeah, I'd be curious to see. So. I would bet <laughs> just from that, I would bet she has a strong accumulator in her. So the accumulator is like the inner banker. So they get a lot of safety from money. So in taking like big risks, like getting a 7,500 square foot spot, like that would be, holy shit. No, I can't sleep at night. Cause what if I can't pay the rent? Right. right. So that would keep them up at night. So that's why like, they're not meant to go for like the big risk, big reward type thing. Cause that's just no, like, so I know a past coach of mine, she, she did a huge investment where she was doing this live event. And I think it cost her like a hundred thousand dollars between like the space and the, um, the coordinators and just like uh, caterers and all that kind of stuff. And like, that was big risk. And like, this was starting from like zero ticket sales. So she's like, I have to get, I don't know what it was like, say a hundred ticket sales to, you know, at least cover my expenses. So that was like huge risk. I don't think I would have gone there. Cause like my, one of my top ones is also accumulator. So I'm also that inner banker. So I don't know if I would have been able to do that, but she could, cause I bet she probably has some Maverick in her, which is like that rebel. That's just like, yes, like go big or go home kind of thing. Nice. So, yeah. So knowing it's, I feel like, and I was asking my clients the other day, cause we have a Facebook pop-up group on the go now. I'm like, why did you guys want to take this course? And a lot of them said that basically in knowing their personality and knowing who they are, it gives them more permission to be fully themselves versus feeling judged for like, let's just say, I don't know. Joanna, who, um, you know, works from home, maybe if she, if she didn't know, like, that was cool. And that was awesome. Like, she would feel judged, like, should I go get a 5000 square foot foot space? Mm -hmm. And maybe should I have 10 staff members? And like, should I do these things? Because maybe that's what you're supposed to do in order to be successful. Like, you know, like placing these judgments is like, no, you do you like keep it nice and easy breezy, like work out of your home. I, I love this idea. I, I love this so much because it's so true because, you know, any industry, no matter what you're in, but particularly spa industry, it's so big and wide. And there are rooms for, again, big places like mine, smaller boutique places, corporate places. Yeah. Um, we call them Pizza Hut and Massage for a reason. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> but it's true. And there's a space for it. Sometimes you need, um, you know, take out pizza. Um, you know, and again, there's the, the boutique space. But that's what I love about this. All right. How many money per personalities are there? There's eight. There's eight. So it's almost like an Enneagram. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and truth be told, I've actually never taken the Enneagram. I, I got, it's like on my top to-do list. I need to take it. I need to know what I am. I need to, I would be curious to see if the money personality types match up with the Enneagram at all. Oh yeah. That would be very interesting. So is this a framework that you came up with or is this something you learned or 
No, there's this woman, Kendall Summerhawk, who has this like signature trademarked thing, uh, certification. Uh, I think it's been it's been around for like at least a decade or so now. This is honestly the first time I've heard of any of these. Like I've I've heard of all kinds of different personality types, and I use um, Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies a lot because it oh, really yeah. helps. I, I love Gretchen Rubin's fantastic. I got to meet her once in person and her sister, and she's yeah. a delightful person. Let me just tell you. But oh, yeah, I'm really curious. So there's eight t- different types, and they range from what to what. Well, really, like okay, so. Okay, I'll just give them all to you because I'm like, okay, what do they range it? So you got romantic and celebrity, which are very sol- uh, similar-ish in the sense that like they love spending money. They love having the flashy things. Romantic will classically say like, um, I deserve it. <laughs> so it was like. <laughs> nice. And I, okay. And, and I should say, I should back up and say with these money personalities, like as I'm describing them, people might be like, oh, I'm that and I'm that too. You have like, we all have aspects of all of them. It's just to which degree, Right. So uh, typically when we do this, we look at your top three to kind of see like, this is your sweet spot of how you are with money. Um, Yeah. So romantic celebrity, there's the alchemist. That's like the creator, the person who has like a million ideas a day, but feels really flaky because they never follow through on them. Yeah. (laughs) There's the accumulator. Who's the inner banker, Uh, the ruler. That's the inner empire builder that we talked about. Um, What else? Not off the top of my head. I'm like, ah, on the spot, a connector, uh, connector and nurturer. So connector and nurture have similar things where like they love people, they love um, to be that person to go to. Um, yeah, their money is kind of the last on their priority list because they're just about like, how can I help? Um, and I'm missing one. I got to think of it now. Um, it'll come to me now. On, on the spot, I'm like, well, ha, what is it? Maverick. No, we're Maverick. Yeah. This yeah. is just fascinating to me because I think understanding the more, you know, yourself, you know, the old Shakespeare quote to thine own self be true. It's so true in business. Like people who are truly successful. Like if you look at like, okay, the most successful businesswoman that I know of is Oprah Winfrey by far. Mm-hmm. I mean, by far, like she's the goat. Okay. And so she's greatest of all time. And there's a reason why she knows herself. Like she knows what she wants and she goes after it and she lets nothing stop her. I mean, yeah. and she's had some major obstacles throughout the years. You know, I mean, I remember the entire cattle industry in the United States, yeah. super, you know, that was right? crazy. Yeah. And I was like, wow, all she did was say, I don't want to eat a hamburger. And like all of a sudden she like, so, but she had that much influence or beef sales did go down. But regardless, I mean, and I look at her and I'm like, I know she knows her personality type. I know she knows. And she works into the strengths. And I like this because it gives you permission, especially with money, to like work with your strengths and not try to be something else. Like I am not a nurturer. Mm. That is not me. And I, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I love my kids. We were talking about, again, I love my children and I'll nurture, I'll nurture careers and <laughs> nurture you to make more money, but I'm not going to be thinking, oh, how can I make everybody's day better? No, that's not, yeah. that's it. But, but guess what I do though, Emily, I hire people who are. Right. Yes. And like funny, I used to work with my dad back before I started this and um, he is such a nurturer. We worked in the construction industry and it used to kill me because nurture is my bottom. So this can also really help with relationships because like it used to drive me nuts. I was like, what are you doing? So contractors would owe him money for like six months. Like we're not talking like 10, we're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he would just be like, Oh, Emily, it's a long road. You know, you got to get along with people and they're going to pay us. Like, it's fine. And I'm like, are you, 
They owe you a hundred thousand dollars after like six yeah. months outstanding. Like they, they're, what they're is breaking happening? rule number one. They're fucking with his money. Yes. Yeah. And- I, I don't, <laughs> I'd really like to know where rule number one goes with all the personalities. <laughs> Cause that is my rule number one. And it's so funny when I'm meeting entrepreneurs in real life, like again, and they're like, oh yeah, rule number one. If I say rule number one again, pause. They're all screaming it right now. They're literally all screaming it right now. And, and they're giggling. They're laughing. But it's true because I have. And it's not about, again, I'm going to remind those my new listeners. Um, it's not about being greedy. Yeah. It's about paying like your bills on time, paying your debts off, paying your people on time and fairly paying yourself fairly. That mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's why we don't fuck around with it. Okay. Because money is a tool that we yeah. can use to build great big things if we want to. Uh, this is fascinating. Okay. How do we find out our money personalities? Cause now I want to do it. <laughs> I want to know. Is there a course? I know you have courses and things. Give me all your stuff. Emily, you are fascinating. This is like so interesting to me. I could geek out for this for hours. Oh man. Yeah. Well, that's why I found out about money archetypes last year. And I was like, I need to be certified in this. Cause I geeked out on it so much. So yeah, I created a course just recently. It's called the money code. And it's only 27 bucks and it gives you everything. Like I give you, well, you get the assessment. So you find out what you actually are. Then you get um, a training video on like, okay, if you're this, this is like what you need to look out for. These are your gifts. And then there's like all these bonus exercises of like how to instill better money boundaries, how to break through your money glass ceiling. Um, There's some really cool meditations and visualizations in there too of one is called I am money. So you actually pretend that you're money. And it's really kind of trippy. It can be a really cool ex- exercise for people. And there's another one where you need to bring the tissue box. I cry at it every time. Um, it's called Create a Brighter Future. And it's basically taking you step by step, like your whole life span and basically making you realize what's important to you, what's your purpose, like, and having better money, money boundaries and money goals and that kind of stuff. So it's just so cool. It's jam packed. So it's one of those, like, it should be like a $500 type program, but I was like, ah, fuck it. Let's just put it on for 27 bucks. <laughs> well, because you want it to get to like more people. I mean, sometimes yeah. you can make, but here's the thing, knowing your numbers allows you to do that sort of thing where you can say you can have a day where you can bring in your more value-based customers and say, okay, Wednesdays are the days that I do it for half price because you can. Yeah. And yeah. maybe like self, no one's, I'm not going to judge you on that. It's your money. <laughs> um, this is episode 156 of the podcast. Um, and the, our guest is Emily King and Emily, this is, I mean, I am blown away. I always get wary whenever I see manifestation on, on the, the bracket, because again, it's on those things. It's like, okay, how woo woo is this? And I am a big believer of woo woo, but also needs to be substantial and have like substance. And again, I have pages of notes just from talking to you. Like this is ridiculous. Spot printers, you need to check her out. Her website is is Emily, what's your website? EmilyKing.ca. EmilyKing.ca. I again, the website is beautiful. Um, it is very soothing to watch. Like I'm in here going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. but I love again. I, I love this idea that you know we don't, we're not meant to make money the same way that we have different archetypes. And I think too, like I'm totally buying your course like today. Like I'm the minute we hang <laughs> up, I'm, I'm putting it in because I want my husband to take the assessment. Oh yeah, me and my husband are complete opposites. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, (laughs) I I want to because he's an educator. And so uh, it's great. They measure success on a whole different level than business. Like there's no profit or or anything involved. They're just like, and they'll use all their budget. They don't want to save any money because then they won't get as much. Like that office episode where Michael has to buy the copy or the chairs and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, but I would head over to Emily's website. It's going to be in the show notes again. This is episode 156 of the Spotpreneur podcast. Head over there. I will um, 
link it in the show notes because I'm buying this course. I don't ever say that live y'all people promote the <laughs> courses and things all the time. And uh, Emily, do we have an affiliate relationship? Uh, we sure can, but here's the thing. I don't do that. And I'll tell you why I like to be able to recommend things without people knowing I'm getting kicked back or not. So I'm just like, you know what? No, I just, if, if we do it, I usually pass on the savings to my paid members, but regardless, anyway, um, we don't, we don't, we, we do not. So I am suggesting you do this because I think it's just good for all of you. And I'm nosy as heck. And I want all of you to find out what your things are. Cause this is fascinating to me. And also again, look back at the lessons, you know, instead of charging what you were charged with the alignment of how you want to be seen in the world. That right there, huge, because again, you can decide if you want to be value-based, be value-based and own it. Mm. But like Emily said, make those sessions shorter or learn techniques where you don't get tired as much. Or guess what? You may have to hire a staff like I do. We can keep our prices lower because I have a huge staff. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. I have huge turnover. Whereas if it was just me and boutique salon, guess what? It's going to be a lot more expensive. And also too, I have a job where I don't rub anybody anymore. Hooray. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. You don't want me in the rooms. I'm great. I'm the excellent table hoe. I, if you're licensed, I will hop on that table. Yes. Oh yes. I will hop on that table. So like you, you haven't, you haven't found your, so I call it some clients are in a monogamous relationship with their massage therapist where they will only see that massage and others like me hop around. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with either one but you that's massage cute. whore yeah i am i am a massage whore and proud of it proud proud of it except my esthetician and i we are monotonous because we don't mess yeah no 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 so anyway but yes this is emily you are fantastic this is like seriously go there she's got some freebies she has she's been on lots of podcasts look her up because this is the kind of stuff y'all need to work on this is the mindset pillar of spapreneur we got six pillars of success this is mindset this is pillar number one because if you don't figure out your money story if you don't get out of your own way you are never going to get to the achievement level that you want to be at and the first thing is accepting that you need to have an achievement level that matches you not what your mama's doing, not what someone in someone Facebook screw doing, even the person who's renting the salon suite next door. That's their money journey. You're on your own. And someone like Emily can help you with that. Emily, real quick, where else can they find you, follow you? I hang out most on Instagram and Facebook. So it's at Emily King Co, CO as in coach. And Facebook is well, Facebook.com forward slash Emily King Co. So you can and like message me like. Guys, I'm not scary. DM me. Be like, hey, heard you on the Spotpreneur podcast. And I'll be like. She's Canadian. She's naturally nice. I'll probably apologize to you at some point. Exactly. (laughs) And and will you provide Tim Hortons if they ever meet you? (gasps) Oh, my God. Yes. Tim Hortons. Yes. Delightful. I'm sure you guys don't have it down there, do you? No, not where I am. I'm in Virginia. Certain places like upstate New York, they have them. Um, I've been to one once. It was it was delicious. I was like, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So yes. And the the Canada is so nice. We do have lots of Canadian um, spapreneurs. So I say hello up there to the great <laughs> North. And again, your prime minister is ever so dreamy. Oh, isn't he? <laughs> Justin. Mm. Yes. Justin's ever so dreamy. I mean, I'm super happy with our current things in, in the United States now. I'm not going to hide it. But yeah. you're, I was like, even like when Barack Obama was pre- I was like, oh my, Justin is ever so dreamy. <laughs> Look at him. He's just so like, oh, Justin. Anyway, um, real quick. He is yeah. suave. He's just so like, you're just like, yes, that's what a grown up politician should act and look like. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Emily, I always end my conversations with my guests with this one question. And it's the most appropriate question that I've ever asked anybody, especially for you is what is making you feel wealthy today? 
Well, right now, this very moment, my healthy body, because I'm four months pregnant. So, <gasps> That's yeah. So exciting. Yeah. So, that, like, now more than ever, I'm like, health is my wealth, baby. Like, it is. Yeah. Like, getting up in the morning, and, and I've had a really good pregnancy thus far. So, I'm like, amen to that. I will take oh, it. Oh, that's so exciting. We just, um, this past Sunday, one of our, um, our assistant uh, front desk manager had just had her first baby. So, oh. yes. Yes, yeah, it's Walker, one of my first two. Yes, Walker Scott is in the world, and he's so pretty. And it's the, he was born the day, after, the day after my birthday. So I was oh. like, and I knew it. I was like, he's going to be born this weekend. And we didn't do a baby poll, and I regret everything. Damn it. But he's like, I'm I'll like, give you your birthday, and he gets his own. But yes, he wanted to be yes. next year. So we're like, we're like one and two, and I'm okay with that. But he is a snuggle mom. That is so exciting. Emily, congratulations to you and your husband. That is, I, you know, a lot of women are choosing not to have children, and that's fine. But for me, I have, you know, two biological children and two adopted children, and they are my best thing I've ever done. Yeah. By I'm far. really excited. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait. You should be. <laughs> yes, you should be. And you should be getting massage regularly because that's important for you and your baby. So you need to find a prenatal specialist now. I was really actually thinking person. that this morning, literally, I was like, I need to find a prenatal massage therapist. Yeah. And you need to go at least once a month. And then towards the end of like third trimester, I'm going to say twice a week to once a week, if you can afford it. Yeah. Really? Because oh, yeah. it's just, well, it just relaxes you, you know, um, when you're pregnant, see all my spot partners are like, Oh, she's going to talk about broad ligaments. So your, <laughs> your hips have these broad ligaments and they spread and, you know, to accommodate the baby. And it's just a lot on the body to create an entire human life. So the least you can do is get massage correctly so yeah look up a certified prenatal specialist and you can well yeah i discovered yesterday that i have round ligament pain oh yeah it's just starting yeah and i i didn't know what it was my friend was like oh that's probably round ligament pain and then i looked it up i'm like shit it is and so then i was like okay i really need to get massage therapy to take care of this yeah. yeah, at least just to ease. And if nothing else, I mean, and again, that's what kind of me feel. Like. Well, congratulations to you. Again, it's Emily King. Head over to her website. I'm totally going to please, please, please. When this episode comes out, I want to see messages of what your money personalities are. So y'all need to start getting this course now because I need to know I'm nosy as all get out, Emily. And again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Need more actionable steps to get your spa headed in the right direction? Head to spapreneur.com where we've got the tools, tricks, and methods to make your spa as successful as it can be. Spapreneur.com.